Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. Well, hello. Happy Friday. I'm uh, I'm Jim Rhodes. This is my <laughs> wife and business partner, Michelle. We never introduce ourselves. Our names are on yeah. the screen, but you know, yeah. in case there's somebody in the next room. I'm Good. Jim, and this is Michelle. But yeah, happy Friday. Yeah. Welcome to the uh, Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Yes. Yeah. We have a, a pretty meaty subject for today. And as, yeah. as often happens, this one just came from Facebook. In fact, I think, Michelle, all of our topics for next week came from recent yeah. Facebook. Yeah, we have, we have our, uh, speaking of, we have our lineup for next week already set up um, on Monday. Mm-hmm. We have Mr. Gene Daughtry, mm-hmm. and he's going to be joining us to talk a little bit more about... Kind of, he, he has a, a thread. He commented on the poll that we put out mm-hmm. there about, in this time, should we be clamping down? Or just really asked, are people clamping down? Or are you being more flexible? And obviously, mm-hmm. we talked to Russell more about that on Wednesday. And now we'll have Gene offer his perspective because, you know... There's some stuff that you and I've talked about on that subject from the before mm-hmm. that ties into what Gene said. And so we'll be able to yeah. talk about, you know, all those things and how they all fit together. Yeah. In fact, our conversation day kind of ties into the same thing. Yeah. In yeah. A way. Um, and then Wednesday, Seth Merrifield is going to be joining us. From Alabama. Uh, from we Alabama. Had Seth, we, Seth on we, the show. We haven't we had Gene on the show. We communicate with, uh, with both of them, but haven't mm-hmm. had him on the show yet. And then Friday... Um, we have Mr. Justin Wallman from Ohio right. is going to be joining us and we're going to be talking about Hyman <laughs> extensions. I'm sorry. It's I've, we've room. got notes across the room and I cannot read them when I, I have my glasses on. Happen, so, so yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, we're trying something new so I don't have to look down mm-hmm. and see stuff. And yeah. so I can just be looking up, but unfortunately oh, I-, I can't read that. Yeah. From across the room. Oh, well. Yeah. So our topic uh-huh. for today. And good morning, George, in? by the way. Oh, yeah. Happy yeah. Uh, happy Friday, George. Yeah. I, I reached out to George this morning by text mm-hmm. and asked his permission to share um, one of his responses on the Facebook thread that we're, we're kind of going to take on today because, mm-hmm. you know, he said something that was quite interesting and it kind of just wanted to remind me of a thread. And by the way, this topic today, uh, we could probably do multiple multiple things yeah so. multiple episodes yeah so you may hear stuff. about it again and it won't be yeah. the same stuff right but it'll be an extension of the conversation if mm-hmm. you guys see this topic come up again yeah so today we you know in, in response to a thread um we just wanted to throw out there this idea of mixing retail with Buy here, pay here. On the same lot. Yeah, on the same lot. I we mean, there are dealers yeah. that do a different locations. Yeah. And so we see it of- all the time. And and Facebook, we get a lot of our yeah. topics from conversations that are started on different streams. And and this as it comes up, mm-hmm. you know, every so often. Um, actually I probably see it come up once a week or at least once a month, yeah. um, something along this line. So well, and of course we do work with um clients, dealers who are new to the business, um, often. And so that Mm -hmm. this is a topic that we cover with them because it's an important thing to consider. Can I start with a question? Please. Why would you want to? Um, for me, that's mostly about stratification. And I think that's important thing to consider at this time, especially because, 
you know, when we pay a certain amount of rent for our building and we pay a certain mm -hmm. amount of, you know, payroll to, to open the doors and, and have a business, then if we have the space for it on the lot, it's just a way to kind of stratify your offering to be able to mm -hmm. kind of have different layers of offering and be able to reach more customers. If you're successful in attracting a customer with a little higher credit score, for example, you might like to have a solution mm -hmm. for them. So it's really, a, for me, it's about optimizing our space. However, there are challenges yeah. associated with doing this. And this is why the thread was, you know, pretty active and we won't be able to cover it all here today, but I'm just here to say, you know, I have direct experience with this. Mm -hmm. I had a buy here, pay here lot myself. And I opened a retail store that was separate from the buy here, pay your store, whole separate story. We've covered that in prior episodes, so we won't dig into that too much today, but I'm just saying I come from that. We've made recommendations to clients. Keep in mind, there's a couple things that happen here. You're either mm -hmm. a buy here, pay here dealer that's considering adding retail. Often we work with retail dealers that are considering adding buy, buy here, here, pay, pay here. here. So we talk through the idea, should it be on the same lot? It can be, but just there's some things to navigate in doing that. And one of the things that came up yeah. too was the idea of, you know, which customers are you sending where? Yeah. So. And I mean, this is, it is something that comes up frequently for us mm -hmm. in coaching because, um, especially if someone already is in a retail space of, uh, and, and like, I want to add buy here, pay here that it's, um, there are, I've, I've heard it enough of the conversations to know that there are some real challenges. Mm -hmm. There are benefits, but there are some real challenges to it. And George is like, why would you do it? Cash flow. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, that's something we can talk about about a pro to to why you would do both of those things. So uh, let's on let's a lot. quickly clarify. Like for our conversation mm -hmm. today, are we talking about the same car? Like we just mm -hmm. have, that's, we have that's an inventory. the biggest challenge that I've heard you talk about is yeah. that it's, um, so well, can you're, I, you're I, in some dangerous uh, legal you, you really there. do. So when you have a price on a car, um, and by the way, we do not offer legal advice. On we the don't, buy we board. don't, we and are not just, attorneys. No, but <laughs> it's when you have a price on a car that it's a, you know, it, regardless of whether or not it's a retailer or buy here, pay here, one of the questions that comes up is, can you change the price based on whether or not they're buying it this way or this way? Answer? Well, you can't change the price. Well, you run the risk of getting yourself in some serious mm -hmm. hot water with regulators. And here's why. It's the, I've heard different names for it. In fact, this morning I looked it up just to get a mm -hmm. clarification on the definition. I come up with like three different names so let's let's clarify first what something called i heard it first called 20 years ago i heard it called imputed interest okay so let's be careful about this one because what happens is and again we're not attorneys so go look this up or ask your and attorney get with your state laws association. are a little bit different yes but this stuff can vary a little bit by mm -hmm. state the i think in the general one yeah i think this imputed interest really is going to be across the country and and really if you think about it regardless of what's legal it's you're really stepping into a dangerous area from a practical business matter. Here's here's the rub. If you have a car on the lot that's priced mm -hmm. at, you know, $15,000 and somebody comes in and offers you $11,000, it was priced on your buy here, pay your lot at 15,000. Somebody offers you $11,000 and you're making a few yeah. bucks and you clear some money. And so you, you take cash and you sell it for $11,000. Well, 
what the the regulators may look at in that situation is, well, wait a minute, you must have been charging this finance customer. Not only were you charging them 24% interest, as an example, but you were also charging them an extra $4,000 of markup. Everybody follow that? Like you're, you're charging them some additional markup, which is apparently associated with financing. And if the combination of those puts you in excess of the usury limits, you got a big problem potentially. And this is, again, as a non-attorney speaking, imagine what it looks like if you violate usury rules and suddenly you would be asked to give whatever discount you offered to cash for that cash customer. Imagine having to give that same has discount. Has that happened before, Jim? It it has to have. We, I mean, we didn't mm -hmm. search and we're not attorneys over well, here. Well, I mean, you hear to... about uh, dealers that, that there's some kind of retroactive something that happens. And it, I mean, it can, it can, it can slam. You know, you talk about cash flow. That was yeah. like you, you've eaten up everything um, yeah. by paying out something. And of course, if, if you're still in business. Yeah. And we're not over here like trying to happens. share case law or anything yeah. like that. But, but I've heard anecdotally over the years about this kind of thing. But regardless, it doesn't it just make common sense yeah. that if we're doing that and, and we did get ourselves in some hot water for it with a regulator, imagine having to go back and retroactively give that same discount to every customer that you finance by your Bayer for however long they yeah. decide is appropriate. Well, and, and I would I would say, you know, people uh, people might say, yeah, states are not going to do that. I come from a family who owned a uh, business. My dad owned a janitorial business. Um, all growing up, we cleaned movie theaters, and um, the he was in probably ten different states. Um, and all of our all of our contractors were all the people that worked with us were subcontractors, and so they paid their own taxes and all of this. Well, um, the state of California uh, got a hold of that and said. They are employees. We're going to retroactively tax you all of this payroll tax in mm -hmm. this state. And once they did that, half of the other states my dad was in just followed suit. Right. And so it put him out of business in, mm -hmm. in a heartbeat. And so the idea that a state wouldn't require you to retroactively do anything is hogwash because it happens. Yeah. And I think, you know, we just have to recognize the the challenge in that. So again, what we're mm -hmm. really talking about is one car on the lot yeah. and you're offering it for both. You have it available for buy mm -hmm. here, payer. You price it to some people for buy here, payer. Mm -hmm. If you've also publicized that price online, mm -hmm. now you've got even, we really you know, encourage you never to be, price, be publicize a price or yeah. any of so, that. Online. So you can just see the problem though, is if I've got one price yeah. and now I discount mm -hmm. it and offer it to a consumer at a lower price because they paid cash, then whatever that Delta is the difference between those numbers is effectively, you know, some would construe that as an interest mm -hmm. charge. So, so yeah. we're getting a little too deep. Like it's, it's understand that's one of the challenges with having, that's a big one though. A big it's, one. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big one because it can get you probably in the most trouble. Right. And, and like the kind of trouble that could put you in a really precarious position in your business. So the way that so, we would advise mm -hmm. our clients to avoid that hazard mm -hmm. is to never mix the inventory. Like you mm -hmm. have a dedicated inventory for yes. retail business. And so it is possible, but they're just kind of separate very cars, clearly separated. very separated. So I, the way I've always described it over the years is imagine having a group, <clears throat> excuse me, of green flag cars. 
Like they're clearly mm-hmm. marked differently. <clears throat> we can offer in-house financing on these, on these cars. We cannot. Okay. Mm-hmm. We and will, then vice versa. Yeah. We can offer, you can buy this for cash, but we cannot offer financing on that because you would be, you would have to find it. Well, you could, but you would have to finance it at the price that it was listed at. Yeah. And I think the most sensible separation on that is going to be around ACV, which is some mm-hmm. of the questions that came up in the thread was, you know, so I heard one of the uh, gentlemen that's chimed in said, I was thinking about it mostly for a higher ACV car that I can't really afford to finance, you know, doesn't fit in my business model, my business strategy. I can't yeah. stand cash that flow. much cash and deal. So, so yes. it's kind of, it's kind of cash flow because I think what George could be referring to here is when he re- raises the cash flow thing is like some dealers would choose to take a lesser markup and do a cash deal. So call it indirect where you're sending it to a third party you know, credit acceptance is one out there that if you enroll with them, you can send paper their directions, right? And we've worked with dealers who do both buy here, pay here, mm-hmm. and credit acceptance in their operation. So, but we also saw the headaches that were created through that, right? And so the mm-hmm. challenge of how do I decide which deals go credit acceptance? And then Tommy on the thread will we'll show a post or a, a comment from George Bat in just a moment. Because I think the other challenge becomes from a, from a practical standpoint, from a business strategy standpoint, mm-hmm. How does one make a judgment about which deals we keep in-house and which deals we send to a third party? So again, if we're it's it's a more cut and dry deal, if it's ACV driven, these green flag cars, which might happen to be your lower ACV cars, we can offer in-house financing on those. We don't discount those for cash. We never, you know, I'm sorry, we uh, those cars unfortunately. I, love, I know just you don't. love this car, but yeah, it's like it's not one of the ones that we can offer yeah. for cash. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I cannot mean, help I mean, you on the price either. Uh, I well, I mean, unless they want to pay the full price that it's listed yeah, at, then, they can that do happens. that. Yeah, but, very and, rarely. And but very the consumer, rarely, the consumer can do that. Mm-hmm. But but that's one of the challenges of doing that. But it's like you know, we don't we don't advise um, advertising price on our buy here pay your inventory. Like it's usually not a price driven transaction or the, the consumer's not price motivated. So we typically don't recommend that. But again, you start to understand as we talk through this ourselves, mm-hmm. like the, the different nuances of everything yeah. that's happening here and why it's not quite that simple. So but I think if you you would make life simpler if you kept those things well separated, even on the same lot, kept them flagged differently, uh, you know, segregated on the lot differently. And because when you begin to try to offer a single car or single inventory for both, that's where these hazards come in. Mm-hmm. And listen, Michelle, I know we got dealers listening today. This is hogwash. We do it all the time. We discount these cars for cash and I'm, I'm not going to miss gross profit. You know, somebody offers cash. Well, it's okay. Just understand the legal, the dangerous legal waters you're stepping well, into. And, and in a, in a world today where we are, um, you know, we're watching really closely what the CFPB is doing and what they're, what they're saying predatory. I mean, how, and, and that that's what they're looking at is any kind of predatory practices. Um, that, uh, you know, you, huh, you, you may, um, be able to do it right now, but, um, I don't know about if anyone out there has ever had something where they've been made an example oh, to sure. others. Yeah. And, you know, we watch that happen in the news frequently where mm-hmm. it's like someone gets caught and, or, or, you know, and it's like, you can't do that. And other people are doing it all around them, but they get caught and it's like, no, you can't do that. And they get slammed. 
Yeah. In the and process. And so, you know, just the fact that, that I've been doing it for a long time doesn't mean you aren't running a risk. And I think the price for breaking this rule can be a heavy one. I mean, my uh, own really perspective, heavy, and this yeah. is just coming from a consultant advisor who mm-hmm. was a buy here, pay here dealer. I just see that this is a, this is hazardous territory. And I think that, um, you know, dealers just need to be we, careful. We may pull, um, like Steve Levine or someone like that on the show maybe, and have a conversation about what sure. that looks like so that we can really get into the If you're listening, Steve, you're welcome yeah. anytime to come yeah, and add absolutely. to this conversation because we think dealers need to mm-hmm. be apprised of kind of the danger that is, um, you know, kind of offering these discounts for cash. But then if we kind of get away from that, we say, that's not what we're doing. We're offering two different kinds of inventory, two different segments of inventory. Then now you can see that it lets me in my marketing, if I am successful in attracting a customer who's qualified for third party financing and they've chosen a car that, you know, again, Mm -hmm. it's a qualification thing. Now Mm -hmm. you're back to your lead management and how do you qualify the customers and where, who do you place where? So that's a different subject for a different show but it's like if you if you navigate that and you have somebody land on a car that you've succeeded in your advertising attracting customers got a little better qualifications and they can qualify for your third party you know financing then wonderful you you pick up a deal that wasn't gonna they weren't gonna buy your buy your payer inventory and so if you can pick up that business and so to me that's what it comes back to is optimizing your your facility you know, mm-hmm. the expense that you have associated with operating a business, if you can optimize that and be able to appeal to multiple tiers, I think that if you've got the real estate for it, um, to be able to reach multiple tiers so that you can satisfy almost any kind of consumer who came through your doors. Mm-hmm. That's really the main thing that I'm, I'm working towards. So you want to share George's um, yes, comments there and let's kind I of t- tackle let's that, that element. Um, so George, uh, the question. The question was, and I don't have it here in front of me, but basically the question was anybody having any success mixing retail yeah. and buy here, pay here on the So same George way. says, I have dealer clients who have tried it. The issue they run into was the outside lender approved the good ones. That left the others for buy here, pay here. It's, uh, it is called adverse selection. Some call it having one foot on shore and the other one in a canoe, in the canoe. Right. Um, so that's an interesting analogy. Like yeah. to me, it's, it's the, and, and I reached out to George and made sure he was okay for us to share that. I didn't ask Tommy and Tommy, if you're upset with me for sharing your name <laughs> on the morning show, you can call me, yeah. but no, we just, so, so you want to read Tommy's response. <laughs> Tommy here. said hundred percent tried it, then wondered why I wanted to give my best customers away and watch them pay more. Yeah. So there's again, what, what you yeah. hear in that thread though, there's an assumption in all of that, which is that this is talking about the same inventory. Like this customer mm-hmm. qualifies, if they qualify third party, then that's that's a different thing. But it's like, if I, if I can satisfy that customer with my current inventory and they fit my profile and it's a customer could be with me a very long time, if I'm thinking long-term, which is challenging for a lot of dealers to do right now, is think long-term. And so mm-hmm. this is part of why we've been bringing forward some of these topics to, to say, uh, you know, some of the most successful dealers out there have had ups and downs. They played a long game. They're still in business through many decades. Mm-hmm. And so you, when you can play that long game and think about that, then obviously 
you have to really look at your own business strategy. Yeah. If I can take a thousand dollars gross profit today versus a buy here, pay here deal with plenty of markup and, and interest associated with it, obviously every dealer's got to make that judgment for themselves as to cash where that flow, fits in terms of their of, business yeah. strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a cash management strategy and um, and so on. But we just think it's it's problematic. And I and I hope, did we leave anything out of those subjects there? I think, you know, we, we just really wanted to kind of bring forward interest the idea that- imputed implied. <laughs> implicit I, quite my, myself. I think we covered acv the, yeah flags, so that's really about cost of car so you know when i think yeah. about cost of car that would be the primary separation if i were going mm -hmm. to separate cash cars if i was going to have an inventory of both cash cars and buy here payer that primary separation would be based on acv it would be based on the kind of down payment i typically get and if so if i carry some $15,000 cost cars and a $2,000 down payment puts me at a $13,000 ACV or a certain $13,000 cash and deal. Some of, some of us just can't afford that, right? It's just not, it doesn't fit our business strategy. We can't afford to tie up that much cash in any one contract. And so now it's it to me, but it helps us reach a customer that we weren't going to reach otherwise with our buy here, pay here financing. And so this is why I think it's important to kind of. We have a Facebook user that posted a comment and I'd okay. love, love your comments on it. One way to deal with it is inside your procedures handbook set a price amount such as 10 15 20 thousand dollars whichever relates to you that we can finance up to anything above that would become an outsourced financing or cash vehicle i believe i'm no expert but i think that that would make it legit okay actually what they said is legal and, legal, and I'm, sorry not, yeah, yeah i'm not going to try to speak to any yeah. legal advice over here but i would just say you know i i think what the attorneys have shared on our um, I remember Steve Levine talking about this on a series of, or an episode of Tote the Note with um, Brent Carmichael once before is that, you know, having those things in writing as a guideline or whatever is good, but also having it in writing is putting you in a place where you better be sure yeah, it's well, legal. It's, it's like, Steve you know, would say, put it in writing, put it in writing, put it in writing. And if you find that you have too many, um, uh, exceptions, then you need to change the the rule on that. But yeah, it's, and, and yeah. just think about the the thing that is happening when again, mm -hmm. this is speaking as a non attorney, as as a longtime business owner and mm -hmm. current business owner. Like you know, when you put um, when you put policies like that in writing, and then you end up with a disgruntled employee, and those policies are illegal in some way then, you know, you can see the hazards that come from that. So, so again, not and, trying to and offer I've a legal also, answer you know, with, with clients that we've, that we have, we've also seen, you know, where there's, where there's a buy here, pay here and um, a credit acceptance and, and that the, it's not the total amount that this car is for sale for, but that, that decision is made sometimes based on how much they're in the car. Yeah. And so it just, you know, just kind of, but, but there, but it is the same price. Yeah. Either and I way. feel like I'm probably, yeah. Yeah. um, I'm probably safe in saying this that I think attorneys would say where the CFPB is, con is, um, concerned. And I've seen some of Steve mm -hmm. Levine's, uh, you know, for those of you who haven't signed up for ignite consulting partners, um, email list, go to their website. I'm sure you can hop on their email list. Steve shares a lot of great stuff. Um, you know, uh, on a regular email, mm -hmm. uh, you know, blast or whatever, but yeah, I, and, uh, yeah. And if, that, if you're not on his email list, get on it. Yeah. Cause and then I've some seen really that. great information. Plus I've seen, yeah. uh, Steve share a lot of stuff on LinkedIn, for example. And so what mm -hmm. I see in that is, for example, one of the things we have in our industry right now is some of the stuff that the CFPB is regulating, quote unquote, regulating uh -huh. 
is just simple fairness. So like you, you got some gray area there. Like you hear Steve sometimes say, we're, you know, we're, we're looking for additional direction from the CFPB on, you know, this what particular mm-hmm. uh, element of the, the rules. And so I think the point is that we, you know, you're talking about regulating fairness. So maybe forget for a minute what's legal. Think about what's, what's fair and what's unfair. And then if we put, run things through that mm-hmm. lens, then we can see how if we're, if we're doing things that might be construed as unfair, then we could put ourselves yeah. in the crosshair. So um, we had another uh, a comment from Robert Blankenship. He says, mm-hmm. uh, we do this successfully. However, my buy here payer is 90% of what we do. Mm-hmm. We have a bank only inventory section of our dealership and we flip vehicles in and out of each line up often. Nice. Okay, good. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, Robert, somebody who's been in business long enough, he would understand the, the challenge of when you publicize price and you put a price out there you know, to buy here, pay your price. And then somebody, if somebody were to see, for example, a buy here, pay your price, and I'm not picking on you, Robert, I don't know how you do this, but it's just like if any dealer out there were to publicize a price for buy here, pay here, and then move that same car. So anybody could go to the web, screenshot the thing, you know, three weeks ago, you were offering this car at this price, buy here, pay here. And now it's over here, you know, at this price is, cash. Yeah. And so that's the thing that we're just saying, we got to be super careful about that stuff because that's where we get in ourselves in some hot water and, uh, or we have the potential to, and it's like I said, it's just, it's about what's fair and unfair. And uh, so we, we just got to be yeah. watchful about that. And so I yeah. think, you know, for today, we're just simply suggesting it can be done on the same lot. We're just going to encourage some segregation. Yes. We're going to encourage once you set a price by here, payer, especially if that price has been publicized, don't change it now to, to drop it for buy here, payer. Of course, you know, we can make a decision to offer a manager special and reduce the price. That's a different thing. It's still or the financing. down payment or whatever. Yeah. 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 But when it's mm-hmm. when we start discounting it for cash that we we step into that dangerous area of this imputed. It's also I didn't finish saying the other phrases that you can look up is is imputed interest, implied interest, implicit interest. Th- those may not all be the same thing, but just the idea the premise is it's it looks like interest. If it, if it smells like a duck or whatever the expression <laughs> is, you know, <laughs> if it looks like interest, smells like de- interest and right. barks like interest, it's yeah. interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing we got to be watchful of. And I just don't hear it talked about much. And again, we're yeah. not trying to give legal advice, but we know that's yeah. a thing, but we should probably wrap up. There. All right. I think, again, you expect to this, hear this subject. <laughs> yeah, come back around. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we, it's an important, it's an important piece before we, before we go though, like Jim said, you know, we're coming into, there's a lot of people that are trying to, how do we navigate? How do we weather the storm? How do we, you know, do these? And and we have really a great opportunity to be able to, um, to, to do some great things during this, during an economic downturn like this. I know Jim, when, when we first started talking about buy here, pay here, probably the day that we met, um, that uh um did you lose it i did okay. dang it because okay. i was thinking about the day we met while you oh, <laughs> that's funny so while you think about that i'm going to share remind folks uh, that yeah. next week kind of a yeah. continuation of the same theme all three of our uh, yes. episodes for next week have been established we've got monday yeah. gene daughtry is going to talk about clamping down that that poll about mm-hmm. clamping down on collections and kind of where we're at in this industry mm-hmm. and, and gene and i through his comments i can see that gene and i kind of share the same perspective 
on where we're at yeah. and, and what the next year or two might look like. And so we'll talk about that on Monday. Wednesday, we have Seth Merrifield from Alabama is going to join us and talk about his decision to lower his a- APR. And yeah. then Justin Wallman and maybe another guest. We've invited somebody else yeah. to join on Friday to talk I about remembered. payment extensions. Okay, I and thought you would. Yeah, I know, right? Um, it's crap. I don't know if I haven't had enough coffee, but it did it did flow into it. You know, what Jim's talking about is, oh, it was that this industry is the most recession resistant uh, of any industry it's cuz because it's usually when when you when you are dealing with with a customer base that have lower um credit scores it just grows i mean our customer base grows and we have an opportunity to be um potentially more selective or um, and and we have the opportunity of people that are going to be spiraling up because you know that that whatever it is, the life circumstances has got them below that level. But um, you know, one of the things I don't know if y'all saw a post that Jim did, um, which was uh, his notebook from when we went to the LHPH summit, and it was about you know, hey, write down the things that were most impactful to you from everything you've learned. And um, you know, one of the things that, and I, I wasn't in the, in the actual classes, Jim was, I was out in the foyer kind of getting things or the lobby, getting things set up for the next interview. And, um, but I was able to, to listen to what it was that the dealers that we talked to talked about. And these were seasoned dealers. These are people that have been in and have weathered storms mm-hmm. and their approach to the industry and the customer was very similar and it's and it's it's about being good to your customer it's about you know um being more flexible it's about you know just just shifting where you need to shift and so you know we're going through that now and there's a lot of of dealers that listen um to the show or if you are a dealer that knows other dealers that could use a little bit of like um some information some you know something that the the podcast would help with please spread the word to have them tune in or listen to the recordings um or and or find a mentor find someone that that has been around for a while and hear about their you know what that what it is that they've done how they've weathered their storms because those very successful dealers that we talked to all had some major setbacks during their business. And so, you know, during this time, if you're like, I don't know what to do, I'm, you know, I'm going to let's, let's throw a bunch of spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks. Um, You know, it's, it's a good idea to, to listen to those that, you know, we, we talk about 20 groups, we talk about going to conferences, we, you know, just if, if you're finding someone that you are seeing them add their insight to different posts or questions or whatever that you think like, oh my gosh, this, uh, the, I really appreciate the advice of this, reach out to them. Right. Um, I I also want to add to what you said there, because I think what I didn't express well enough in the, um, comments or that post that I did earlier mm-hmm. was this idea that keep in mind, um, we interviewed mm-hmm. dealers with portfolios of $80 million and above. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and they didn't always about, have $80 million no, and above though, but they so had grown. When, but yeah. when I think about, uh, this one dealer in particular, the takeaway from, for me from that conversation was this idea of, you know, they really value customer relationships. So the part of what you can see in their success Mm -hmm. is that they recognize 
and emphasized the value and importance of the relationship with the customer. And of course that extends to other relationships too, vendor relationships, et cetera. But what I'm saying is this is a time to really get hyper-focused on your relationship with your customers. We yeah. talk about it a lot, yeah. customer success. It's time to and so lean when we think about in. Yeah, lean in. We gotta be in communication yeah. with our customers. And so this will continue to be something mm -hmm. we talk about. It's like we we it's 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 about more than the numbers. It's like mm -hmm. it's like we gotta get in there and make sure we know what's going on with our customers and be there to kind of yeah. you know, and if you solutions. if you listened to what we talked about with Russell on Wednesday, it was like, you know, we're getting clamped down mm -hmm. from our lenders and it hurts and people are kind of scrambling and and i think and, you mean the industry i think russell said his his lender was not yes yeah. but but it was it was based on a, a facebook right. um, post about lenders doing that and that and that russell's sweet wife was like hey aren't we lenders and yeah. so when we clamp down we're creating that same kind of emotion but it's also with a clientele that you know, a dollar, um, is uh, worth a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, we're seeing dealers step away from the business. Obviously mm -hmm. it can be stressful. Yeah. It can be, you know, we, if our, our delinquencies and our charge off spike, then we can find ourselves falling out of yeah. covenant or borrowing base problems. And so, you know, we're seeing dealers step away from that, but I would just say that it's, it's more important than ever. And this conversation we'll have a week from today with Justin Wallman and, uh, and perhaps another dealer or two will yeah. be around, you know, how flexible can we be? What Payment makes sense without yeah. compromising, you know, yeah. our whole, you know, uh, process and, and, you know, our enforcement uh, strategy, <clears throat> then how can we, you know, get that in place. So yeah. again, it just all kind of ties, all these things tie to one another. So mm -hmm. this is why you can kind of see, uh, you know, a theme, but just rest assured as Michelle and I always say, our interest is in the success of dealers Absolutely. and then the customers through that, you know, when we can help dealers uh, to be successful, then in our minds, successful customers equals successful dealers. And so mm -hmm. this is why it all kind of ties well, together. Well, it's kind of like that it's to, to help, uh, um, articulate that it's good business it's profitable business to be really good to your customer yeah yeah so, so we're going to continue yeah. to work on that we'll pr continue to bring experts yes to the all uh, right to the microphone it's so friday next week yeah um thank you so much for joining there was one last comment from um robert blankenship that if uh it's probably on on uh success it's a long one um so thank you everyone for for tuning in and for offering your insight and and um we just really appreciate yeah. the, the support we have last from you mentioned success i would just say people who are listening who because the broadcast goes out you know to all over the worldwide interweb so interweb. if you're listening and you're not familiar there's mm -hmm. bhph success private Facebook group, find that one, ask to be yes. uh, admitted into that group if you're in the buy here, pay your industry, and then BHPH boardroom, which is um, a different profile. So, you know, you can look at that and see if it makes sense to see if it's a fit. Over and there. Um, you can always go and we encourage you all to, uh, to go to um, YouTube and yeah, Jim Rhodes Octane group and like, and subscribe, and then you're going to get, um, lots of other content, but you'll also be able to see all of the past, um, episodes and it'll give you, um, alerts when something new is coming right. up too. So, so yeah. All be right. Sure I think there. that we're done. Are we yeah, done? We're done. We're done. We're going okay. about the rest of our Friday. Hey, we recommend yeah, you do the same. Have a great, uh, great Friday, Saturday in your dealerships and enjoy the weekend. We will see you on Monday with Mr. Gene 
Daughtry. Thanks again, everybody, so much for joining us today. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. See you Monday. Bye.